0: Get ready for your first round of golf of the year at the 32nd Annual 2023 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Returning to the Minneapolis Convention Center Friday, February 24th through Sunday, February 26th. This year's show includes free lessons from the PGA professionals, thousands of name-brand golf apparel items, discounted especially for the show, and your chance to sink a pod for $100,000. Plus so much more. Tickets and more information at minnesotagolfshow.com. Get in the know, Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Welcome in Daily Vikings Entertainment. Are you not entertained, haters? <laughs> Just sparring haters. with people on haters. Twitter all week. It's been it's been a blast. The off season comes around. I think people are all united during the season. Like, yeah, let's all we want to win a Super Bowl. Let's go. And then the off season hits and and half the people are like, all right, let's make some major changes. You can't stay status quo. And then other people are like, no, you can't get rid of that guy. And so uh, it's been kind of a fun three weeks of off-season discussion, whether you agree, disagree with some of the things we say. We appreciate you helping to make Purple Daily one of the most popular and listened-to football podcasts in America in 2022. Just a bunch of, uh, bunch of Vikings fans seeking therapy is, uh, is probably the explanation there. This show is presented by our friends at TCL. No matter what you watch, probably some uh, some big football game in a couple weeks. TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, always stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs; they offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. And before we get into this, is a bonus episode here. We're giving you a couple bonus episodes throughout uh, this frivolous off-season period. So we'll talk about where things stand with the Vikings' defensive coordinator search, including a name that um, hasn't been talked about a lot. It was on the Mackey list, but Judd is hearing some buzz, and we'll get to that. But speaking of buzz, let's talk about our friends at Surly Brewing Company here for a brief moment.
1: A positive buzz, a buzz that's fantastic. A buzz that, can you hear that right now? That is the sound of Surly Brewing, brewing up some of the best beers, dare I say, in the world. Furious, Logic Bomb, Before I Die, I could go on and on, but you know what? I won't. I will allow you the time to run to the liquor store and pick up your favorite Surly Brewing product, so that that you can enjoy sports on the couch, watching your favorite teams, and sipping on a delicious Surly. And then, at some point in time, taking out your phone, taking a picture, and showing us your cans at Jay Zolgan on Twitter, at Score North on Twitter. We always love to see the Purple Daily family sipping on a Surly.
0: All right, boys. So. What's taking so long here? The Vikings started they fired Ed Donatel like two weeks ago now. Maybe even more. It's like two, it's like two weeks ago basically. And they started interviewing so uh the list of of candidates that they've actually talked to. Mike Patton, who's already their assistant head coach, Sean Desai, who was the defensive coordinator with Chicago under Vic Fangio. He also made it through like three different regimes. Uh, most recently with Seattle helping mold that young defense. Ryan Nielsen got hired by the Falcons. The Vikings interviewed him, so he's off the board. And Brian Flores, who quasi was spotted being chummy with at the Senior Bowl in a couple pictures yesterday. But but Brian Flores is still in the mix for the Cardinals' head coaching job. Yep. So the, the list of available candidates is Brian Flores, who's waiting to hear if he gets a head coaching job, Sean Desai, who's waiting to hear from the Vikings, and then Mike Patton, who's already employed by the Vikings, but might move over to defense coordinator. Um, and there's another name or two on the Mackey list from a couple weeks ago that the Vikings haven't interviewed yet. But, Judd, you're hearing some steam. Why don't you tell us what you know about the current pool and
1: anyone else that they may or may not be kicking the tires on? So I think the question is, like, it's not that it's taking – forever but it's sort of just gone quiet right like they talked to four guys last week and then it's like okay are you going to make a decision and, and then like you said phil one of them is gone and now it's like okay are you going to make a decision mm-hmm. well what would gum up the works one is flores and the cardinals because if he d- does not get that, that job there's a chance that he would then leave the steelers for the vikings job although i think his predicament's interesting because like I think with the Steelers, he was probably a de facto DC in some ways too. So it's not like he's a young linebackers coach, right? Who's being buried there. So I do think that he has probably some pretty good options. And I do think that at some point fairly soon here, if it's not with Cardinals, he's going to get back into the head coaching game. But there was another name on the Mackey list. And Doogie and I are both hearing this name. This guy has not been talked to yet. He was a candidate for the Broncos job that got filled by Sean Payton yesterday. He was a candidate for the Houston job that got filled by D'Amico Ryan's yesterday. He remains a candidate for the Colts job. These are head coaching, head head coaching coaching jobs. jobs, not DC jobs. These are head coaching jobs. So Houston now is done. Denver now is filled. The Colts are not filled yet. So this is very much parallel to what's going on with Flores and the Cardinals, probably, Igiro, am I saying this right? Igiro Avero. Avero. See, mm-hmm. I looked it up and it, the the E is the E is capitalized on the back end. So I wasn't sure if the last name was Avero or Ivero. But anyway.
0: I went to uh, Broncos.com and just heard him introduce himself on a video. Igiro like Avero.
1: Okay, I like that idea. I like that <laughs> idea. I wish I had found that. I didn't find that. But anyway, um, it sounds like that the Vikings are, and it, it makes perfect sense. You actually went through this entire thing when you uh, unveiled the Mackey candidates, that there is a relationship here with uh, O'Connell, that there is a relationship with defenses and philosophies O'Connell might like. So I think between Flores and Arizona not being decided yet. And then this situation with the Colts that the Vikings have probably hit the pause, which, you know, again, is fine. Like, I would far rather get the right guy who you want than rush this. I've never understood this. Oh, my God, they're all going to be gone as head coaches or coordinators. Well, the most important thing is to get it right, not to be first. So I think that this is why uh, it wouldn't be surprised if the Colts decide to pass that the Vikings conduct at least one more. I wouldn't expect it to be more than one, but one more candidate then uh, comes into the mix And so that's why I think the process has basically gone quiet.
0: This is very very interesting. So, if you can kind of piece this together, if it were Sean Desai, if Sean Desai was your number one, don't you think he would have been hired by now? Because you're not, correct me if I'm wrong. You're not really waiting on any other dominoes with Desai. He's not in the mix for a head coaching job. He was in the mix for the Browns' defensive coordinator job, but you're you're basically waiting on Brian Flores. Yes or no, Cardinals head coach. Uh-huh. And if you want to have an official interview with Azero Averro, maybe he's saying, "Let me get through the head coaching stuff first here. I don't want to start interviewing for. En- I-, I want a head coaching job. It looks bad if I start interviewing for defensive coordinator jobs while I'm still in the mix. So they can't really have a conversation with Averro. About now, I think I think they talked to Flores about their DC job before he got in the mix officially with the Cardinals for a head coaching job, or maybe it was well, very I very think, much parallel.
1: I think I think they can, but Vero up until the last couple of days, I think the Broncos told him two day, days ago that he was out of the mix. I think the difference is Flores basically it's like go back to Pittsburgh Cardinals job is a possibility, yeah, or this or this job. Um, I think in Averro's case, it was Denver's a possibility as, to your point, head coach, Houston. And so my guess is he might have said, hey, 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 hold on a second here. I'm not going to start to basically uh, talk to the Vikings about a job that's not a head coaching job while also preparing to talk to three teams about head coaching jobs. If he he gets rejected
0: for head coaching jobs, then it makes sense for him. Okay, well, I tried. Now I don't have a job in Denver so this this makes total sense. It would make sense even just without Vero in the mix that they'd be waiting on. If if Flores was their number one, they'd be waiting for the Cardinals to make a decision, okay. And then if the Cardinals hire him, okay, now we move to Sean Desai. To, to me, this is all kind of bad news for Mike Patton and Sean Desai. It seems like their top options are probably Brian Flores and I. And I absolutely what you and Doogie are saying makes total sense. And like I said, he was one, he was one of the first names on the uh, the Mackey list of eleven no. defensive coordinator. Replacements. We right, put here, that together before go. Ed Donatel even Touched lost his job. On the back.
1: Oh my rotator cuff! <laughs> well,
0: but it makes sense because he so so he's like you know early forties. He's a a younger guy that connect maybe can connect with players a little bit differently than an Ed Donatel. Quayce worked with him in San Francisco like eight years ago. Koc worked with him different sides of the ball, but he was the secondary coach with the Rams and the Broncos have one of the best defenses in the NFL. I get that you know Vic Fangio kind of built that thing. And then Ivero comes along with Nathaniel Hackett and the new coaching staff and just get, you know, he gets all these great players that they have on defense. So it's hard. That's the, that's the only season he's ever been a defensive coordinator is just like riding the wave of what Vic Fangio built. So it's kind of hard. You don't really know for sure. Okay. You're going to be starting with a lot fewer uh, tools or groceries in your bag here with the Vikings than what you have with Denver right now.
1: It's absolutely imperative. To get this hire right, because if you if you think about this, this isn't even expecting the Vikings defense in 2023 to be great. But think about the building process. Now, this is why I, I think the decision on this is more difficult than just go get Flores. It's going to be great. He's got a, a background, and we do tend to fall in love with names that that we know. I think it's like Sean Desai. Who's that? Oh, the bear. All oh, the bears, are which is not fair and not true. But if you think about this, you're going to basically be given uh, this big ball of clay defensively, right? And you got to mold this. So it's just more than I'm going to install a system, a scheme. You know, in all reality, Kendricks is probably gone. Jordan Hicks is probably gone. Patrick Peterson very well might not return. Yeah. Like, if you look through what's not going to be left, and now it's like, okay, two questions. One if we hire you, are you staying? Because, you know, Brian Flores very easily could be a, a one and done if he gets the Vikings job. And then the second thing is how good at, are, are you not just at installing a scheme but also teaching? Because there's going to be a lot of young players. Yeah. If you do what we want, which is go out and get speed, young players who are fast, who can swarm to the football, if you go out and get that, I'll I'll get you, I'll hit you. There you go. All right. Then, yeah, sorry. Swarm to the football. Definitely swarm to the won. football. No problem. Uh, then you need a coordinator who can come in and develop guys and teach them. And so, like, I don't think that th- that this is just, uh, you know, our defense was good, and so now we just need a guy to replace the guy that was that that led them on the right path. This is really, in some ways, I I think going to be almost like O'Connell's first season as a coach on the defensive side of the ball with his coordinator.
0: Well, would you, so if, if you're a, I think Averro is in a different spot because Averro is currently unemployed and would, and would like to be a defensive coordinator again, right? If he doesn't get a head coaching job, yeah. he'd probably love to come in. He's, he's pretty young. I mean, Brian Flores is actually still pretty young too. It just seems like he's older because he was around the Patriots in his late twenties and then became a head coach for a few years. If you're Flores, what, if you don't get the Cardinals head coaching job, what's the best career move for you? Would it be stay on Mike Tomlin's staff as kind of a defensive? He's he's not the coordinator, but he would still be a key defensive assistant and, and just stay on because you know that there is stability. The Steelers are probably going to take another step forward next year. They've never been below 500. Um, the Vikings are in for, like we talked about, a full reset on defense, a first-place schedule there's a very good chance that the Vikings could take a step back. If we're being realistic in 2023, would you rather have the coordinator cred? Cause Flores has never been a coordinator before. That's the crazy thing. He's been a head coach for three well, years, but he's never actually been a defensive coordinator before.
1: He was basically with, with the Pats, but Bill, but Bill, because he's Bill and weird doesn't give out titles like sure. a normal person would. But my thing with Flores is this. I'm very intrigued. And I do think he's a, a good coach, but Here's what I want. I, want I, I value, if I'm Kevin O'Connell and Kwesi, I value stability. And I value the fact that, again, this is going to be, this is not a one-year, hey, come in and coach these vets, and, and they know what they're doing, and they can get a scheme down pat. This is really a, okay, one, the scheme that, that we played, and you can keep the same components, but it didn't work. Like, there was something lost in the communication, or the translation. And so the Flores thing is I think I think Flores rightfully so probably feels like and I, I mean heck he sued the league got screwed with the dolphins and you know wants a second bite at the coaching apple I totally get that. But if I'm Kevin O'Connell do I want a guy that's that's looking to impress to get out or do I want a coordinator who's young who might be a, a head coach? But I, the guy that's like a perfect example now is D'Amico Ryans because he came in and had what? Like a three-year time period, did an unbelievable job, proved himself, and got the Texans job. Yeah. So, like, I think this whole thing of, well, it's got to be Flores. It's got to be Flores. Okay, on the surface, I don't disagree with that. But when you think about what O'Connell is trying to get here, and remember right or wrong he now spends the majority of his time with the offense Mm -hmm. so the dc for the vikings is a de facto head coach defense and that's just how this is going to work so i think it goes beyond get the biggest name i think it's also who can teach which i'm sure flores can but who might you retain for two to three years who's really by the time he potentially leaves going to have put a very important stamp on I also don't think the 23 Vikes. It's like you're saying, well, they're going to pop again. Like this is, we don't know. And so this comes back to a very important question: is who can leave their mark on this defense? So two or three years from now, it's in the best place possible.
0: So here's something too that whether it's Flores or whether it is uh, Ivero, so the the Vikings under Ed Donatel last year and this has been well-documented, very much that the Donna shell was, it, I think it got overplayed, right, but it was very much a thing. The Vikings' approach was to sit back. They didn't jam receivers at the line of scrimmage. They also didn't really send a lot of extra men. They didn't blitz a lot. There was a couple games after one of the come-to-Jesus meetings like two-thirds of the way through the season where they did, okay, they we're going to blitz 40% of the time in a couple games. But for, for on the season i mean, going get in the weeds here with you guys. The Vikings defense blitzed only 18% of the time. The Giants led the league at a 40% blitz rate. And then there was a bunch of other teams that, that came in over 30%. I'm not saying that blitzing and sending pressure on every play is the right strategy because you can get beat over the top too. But it was like the Vikings were getting beat with big plays even sitting back in more of a let's keep everything underneath mode. Well, you're not even doing that well, right? So if you look at, 2022 Broncos defense under Ivero, They had the fourth highest blitz rate of any team in the NFL. They blitzed on 33% of opposing team dropbacks. And as a result, and some of this too is like the Broncos just had better personnel on defense. So it's, it's not just scheme here. It's personnel. Sure. But they held opposing teams to an average depth of target that was a yard and a half shorter per throw than the Vikings did. So they were sending pressure more often, and they were getting opposing teams to throw shorter more often than the Vikings. 2021, let's look at Brian Flores' last year in Miami. The Dolphins had the second highest blitz rate of any defense in the NFL, a 40% blitz rate, and it resulted in the third highest pressure rate. They got pressure basically on one of every three opposing team dropbacks the last year of Brian Flores. Uh, the Vikings, when it comes to pressure, even with Daniil Hunter and Zedarius Smith, they were one of the 10 worst teams in the league at generating pressure. Again, personnel is going to make a huge difference. If you can just get a bunch of dudes that aren't 31 years old, you can pretty much run any scheme and it'll be better. But right. I, I just I find the level of aggressiveness that Flores and Averro showed with those defenses in Miami and Denver a stark contrast to what uh, Ed Donatel brought to the table this last year.
1: I think there's an important question to ask, especially on that side of the, the ball. And I think with the 2022 Vikings, you can't answer it. And it's this: as a defense, what is your identity? Like, do you shut down the pass? You gotta, you gotta cover corner who is Jalen Ramsey in his prime. Do you bring the heat? Do you bring the blitzes? Do you, you know, Rex Ryan with the Jets was known as this defensive genius. Why? Because he he had you know he moved guys around constantly it was this 3 4 moving and bringing blitzes and heavy pressure and quarterbacks hated it i mean hell you know what to his credit mike zimmer the a gap right the a gap blitz and what was he when was he going to unveil that and quarterbacks were always like oh my god if it's coming it's trouble um think about the last time that we praised a defense and we and we were like but i'm not really sure what its identity is it yeah. always has one Yep. What was the identity beyond the Donna Shell that we mocked? What was the identity of this Vikings defense? What did they do where you were like, that's what they do? Uh, they the, did everything it was li-
0: linebackers trailing eight yards
1: exactly. in coverage
0: behind tight ends, receivers, and running backs crossing over the field. That was their identity.
1: It was passive.
0: <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. And even like some people much smarter than us have pointed out, so Patrick Peterson had a really high PFF grade, and he made some big plays, so he had some key interceptions this season. But people are pointing out part of the reason why he had a high PFF grade is because he was he wasn't being asked to do things that some of the other cornerbacks are being asked to do. Correct. That within the the scheme and the framework of what he was being asked to do, he did very well. But if you were to say, "All right, we're going to ratchet up the aggressiveness here," you're a 32 year old guy. We're gonna, even he said on his podcast. I actually, our defense should probably be more aggressive and getting in the faces of receivers at the line of scrimmage and throw them off their routes. He goes, but as a guy who's like. 12th year in the league i actually kind of like playing off the ball because i'm old exactly (laughs) if a guy beats me off the line i'm probably not going to catch him um so they they and i was kind of looking last night too from a personnel standpoint we'll start getting into like free agent lists soon here on purple daily but there's a lot of linebackers available coming off of their rookie scale contracts a lot of there's like PFF just released their top fifty free agent list. I want to say like there's five linebackers on that list that are all twenty six years old, twenty seven, like just turned twenty seven. Instead, the Vikings opted last year for th- an already thirty year old Jordan Hicks because they probably wanted another veteran presence. But you need I love this. Yes. you need the twenty six year old guy for speed purposes, and I and I can live with if he needs a, an extra half second to process. Like I want that. I want that cover speed so that if Daniel Jones is trying to run out of the pocket, like, he can catch him, unlike yeah. Eric Kendricks, you know?
1: And at that spot, though, you need to develop guys and then let them go and develop more guys. Linebackers and running backs, okay? Yeah. You'll always see a ton of them who aren't going to be re-signed. Why? It's not because they're bad. It's because of where they play. Like, this is why I believe this. Not developing Brian Osomoa quicker and playing him more was a mistake because you want to milk that contract, those four years, for everything that they're worth. Because if he's going to get a payday, I don't want to pay him. I want to pay a cornerback. I want to pay an edge. I will pay an interior guy that can apply pressure, right? But, like, think about this. Linebackers, you draft them. You develop them immediately. You get the four best years where they're running downhill fast as they can helmet-on-helmet, hat-on-hat, and then you let them go yeah. because, one, they're going to be declining soon, and, two, it's not a position that you are desperate to pay.
0: Yeah, I do wonder, you might be right, maybe they opt to to draft, like, they only have four draft picks, so they got to be careful or get more. But afraid. could they draft somebody to play next to Brian Asamoa, or would they go, or maybe some of these linebackers are going to be reasonably priced in free agency where you can get them on, like, a three-year contract where you're not breaking the bank. The cornerback pool is interesting because there's not a lot of high-end <laughs> cornerbacks. Yes. There is so Jamel Dean from Tampa Bay, 26 years old. He's a former third-round pick out of Auburn. And, again, publications that watched him every snap, the PFFs of the world, that could break him down more than we ever could, uh, say he's very physical, can disrupt wide receivers at the line of scrimmage, if the Vikings want to do more of that in 2023. He was, he was graded as the 12th best cornerback in the NFL last year. Had he's a great tackler to one missed tackle all season, in addition to being a good cover corner. But a guy like that, I mean, the top corners in the league are making between 15 and 20 million dollars. Right. So even if you can clear out like 35 or 40 million dollars by saying goodbye to some of these veterans, do you want to spend half of that? And you could, you could finagle it too. You could, you could do a big signing bonus and push a lot of the money into his age 27, 28 year. But like, I would, I I would personally, if I'm the Vikings, and you brought this up too, Judd, I would just go make a splash with a 26-year-old cornerback in his prime and fix it. Enough of yeah. the, the 30-year-old Patrick. Patrick Peterson had a great year. I don't think you can count on it going forward. Enough worrying about whether Andrew Booth Jr. can stay healthy for 17 games. Just go get a guy that's proven. And he's had a couple injury issues too, Jamel Dean. But I wonder where they're going to spend. What is their big 10 to $15 million spend if they do it average annual value on a free agent, it might be cornerback
1: it might be, and that might be well, no, it might be, and that probably would be a great idea, not it might be, but their head coach is an offensive guy, and that's what's got me pondering that question mm-hmm. like um be, because here's here's where I think things change now, so O'Connell has had a year to watch this team he got he got the job right after the Super Bowl last year, so he was certainly around in March. But he hadn't really. He hadn't watched this team. He didn't know the players. He had rough ideas. Now he's got certainty. He knows exactly what he wants and saw. It. So do, do they? Do they say, okay, the defense was atrocious. It, it has to improve. We actually will pay a cornerback, or do they say, hold on a second here, our offense is ready to pop, like it is. It was good. It can be great, and they add there and Need try and yeah. and try and make up through the you know the draft. The rookie class. But yes, I think fixing the cornerback is a great idea. know yep. It's hard to do. So yep. I like it. So all right. Well, that's
0: sort of the defensive coordinator update here on Purple Daily. Keep an eye on Ishiro Ivero. We'll see if the Vikings, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, if the Vikings actually move forward with an interview there. Before we say goodbye on this bonus episode, I you got him mock, mock. We got a mock, a mock that is presented by our friends over at Livia, helping Purple Daily listeners get their lives in order here and losing weight, Judd.
1: That's exactly what they did. In fact, you're saying right now, well, hold on a second, Judd, is that you on the left and you on the right, and I'm going to tell you that that's exactly right, and here's what: A year ago plus now, I dropped 40 pounds. I dropped 40 pounds, and it's Livia Weight Control Centers. This wasn't a diet. It was weight control. It's a lifestyle change, and so the most important thing is you not just – only drop that weight, but you keep that weight off. And that is the key thing. We've all gone on diets, right? We've all dropped weight. And then inevitably we gain weight back. Well, it's it's going to be different this time for you, and it was for me. And here's the best part. Right now, the Jud offer available, 50% off the program. 50% off the program, 50% savings as you get towards the new you, 855 go Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A dot com. Join so many people in the Purple Daily family that have had success. Livia.com will change your life.
0: Sorry, my mic was off. I am a broadcast professional. But I know. Don't the worry, I disconnected is. myself mm-hmm.
1: yesterday, so I'm not. <laughs> no stones from here.
0: Uh, Federated Mutual Insurance Company has also been one of our longtime partners here on uh, Mackie and & Judd and Purple Daily. And they are here to help businesses with a guiding hand. Federated's corporate culture is grounded in equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect. And these four cornerstones create the foundation that supports all interactions and decision-making. They bring these cornerstones to your business and provide, much like a great offensive line, frontline protection for you. Find out more about how Federated can help your business maximize its success at federatedinsurance.com. dot right. com. mock! Mock! Okay, this mock, courtesy of the Pro Football Network, profootballnetwork.com. Some credible writers on this website, some guys that used to be NFL beat writers. So the, the Pro Football Network, they have a mock draft hot off the presses yesterday with a trade into the number one slot. By the way, we are rounding up as many mock drafts as we can on the show here, and we're keeping track of who falls where to the Vikings. We've done seven different mocks on the show. Seven different players have been taken by the Vikings. We have not seen a duplicate yet. I'm sure there are duplicates, We, but on the ones that we have done on the show so far, we have not seen one. Number one overall, trading up to get their quarterback of the future, the Carolina Panthers select C.J. Stroud. And here's the trade. Dude, Chicago... <laughs> Chicago's going to wind up, especially if they're committed to Justin Fields and they're just looking for a non quarterback, they're going to make bank off someone here. So, Carolina receives the one. Chicago gets the nine. So, they swap spots. And Chicago gets the 39, the 60, a 2024 first, and a 2024 second. It's ridiculous. Let's keep going here. Bryce Young, number two to the Texans. Jalen Carter to the Cardinals. Will Levis to the Colts. So three quarterbacks in the first four picks. Seattle takes Will Anderson Jr., the edge rusher from Alabama. Anthony Richardson goes to the Lions at six. Four quarterbacks in the first six picks. What do you think?
1: What do you think Jared Goff? You're muted. Thank you. We're really struggling. I've that? had a bad week. I'm not going to lie right now. I've had, a, I've had a really difficult week. The number one Vikings podcast yeah, yeah, in yeah. the United
0: States of America.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, man. What a week. Shut myself off the show. Yeah. Uh. I've muted myself multiple times. Um, Anthony Richardson to the Lions,
0: dude. That is a that that's seems an like a huge reach. reach.
1: Aggressive reach. That seems like a huge reach, but it. I mean, I would say, but it's the Lions. But are the Lions on the right track now? I mean, their GM's not a moron. Yeah, well, I, I don't know.
0: Well, I'll scroll past. So there's, I'm not going to go through every pick here, but the, I'll pick some highlights. Bears take Jordan Addison, the first receiver off the board at nine. Eagles take Bijan Robinson, the running back from Texas or you want to call him the weapon from Texas. Yeah, yeah, I do like that. Switch if he up. falls in the Vikings range, I'm I'm interested.
1: So are are we talking uh are we talking Percy Harvin here?
0: Um I mean, he's definitely rooted more as a
1: running back, but sure, but I mean Percy, you know, Percy was like that. I mean, if you brought Percy in now, imagine like the the Vikings got creative there to start with. But imagine what you're doing now with Percy Harvin. I think, yeah, I, I don't know that
0: Bajan Robinson is going to be running routes like 20 yards down the field yet. But yes, yeah. yeah, like a we a weapon that you can that's hard to defend in the right offensive system. Interesting. Okay. Quentin Johnston, two picks later to the Texans' second receiver off the board. Uh, Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame to the Packers at 15. All right, we're getting into the teens, deep into the teens here. So edge rushers, a lot of cornerbacks, edge rushers, Joey Porter Jr. to the Seahawks, Zay Flowers to the Chargers, the third receiver off the board, and then a Jackson Smith Njigba from Ohio State. So four receivers off the board, and we get to the Minnesota Vikings at 23. Yep. And according to Pro Football Network, the Vikings select, from South Carolina, Cam Smith, cornerback.
1: I want a mock! Mock! right. the
0: first duplicate that we have seen here, and yet another cornerback. Letting go of Ed Donatel isn't going to fix everything wrong with Minnesota's defense. Although he called a predictable and frankly vanilla defense based on cover six, Donatel didn't have the corners needed to vary his coverages. Cam Smith comes stocked with the fluidity, physicality, and instincts for the Vikings' next coordinator to run a more diverse scheme. So Cam Smith. The other mock that we saw that had Cam Smith was WalterFootball.com. Walter Football. Wally Wally knows his football. There's no doubt about it. Yep. So there you go. All right. right. Cornerbacks of the eight mocks. We have done five cornerbacks in eight mocks going to the Minnesota Vikings.
1: And if if that is uh, going to be the case, then that is how you fix it. So, like, again, I would guess in March if if you have – one big spend. It's not cornerback then, right? If you're planning on going first round cornerback,
0: but you might. But I don't know that you're planning right now to do anything in the first round. You're probably seeing how the draft plays out, right? That's the
1: hard part. Well, but I mean, you you can predict a little bit based on the amount of of um, talent at certain positions, like cornerback. There there's there's a nice mix of corners who I think could probably play. Hopefully, week one. Yeah. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just trying to. You're think. planning it already. You're. I'm you're trying to locked think how the Vikings a, think. No, I'm trying. No, I'm trying to think how the Vikings think, and I'm also trying to, to think where is O'Connell going to what, to want to take the biggest steps offensively, free agency or the draft. I mean, it's a combination, but I think this team might have one big move to make.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. There's your mock draft roundup. This is your bonus episode of oh, Purple reckless. Daily. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Hiring a defensive coordinator is a step in that direction, albeit was maybe reckless. a small step.